Good morning, everyone. We are so glad that you are with us. We had a little bit of technical difficulty, uh, and we're so glad you came back. Let us know who's worshiping with us in the comments. We wanted to let you know we have a couple of quick announcements. Vacation Bible School will be June 22nd through the 26th. It's going to be online, and it's going to be awesome. You're not going to want to miss it. Tell everybody with children, come to Vacation Bible School online. And if you're watching and you want to help, let Pastor Carrie know you want to help. United Methodist Women is having an online auction on June 25th from 6 to 9. You're not going to want to miss this. And let UMW know how you want to help with that as well. Every, all the money raised is going to go to local missions. Uh, so make sure to be a part of that. Uh, next Sunday, we want to celebrate anyone who has had a major accomplishment during quarantine. So that could be a 6th grade graduation, an 8th grade graduation, kindergarten, pre-K, whatever it is, a milestone, college graduation. We want to celebrate with you, and we know you missed some of these big parties and graduation ceremonies, even if you had a wedding. Somebody in our church had a wedding. We have more than one, actually, but somebody back there had, had a wedding. You can try to figure out who that is. Um, also, next Sunday is Peace with Justice Sunday. You're not going to want to miss it. At this time, would you join us from your home uh, in the affirmation of faith? I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Good morning, everyone, and I want to add my welcome to Pastor Andy's welcome, and again, we apologize for the technical difficulties this morning, but that's just the way it is sometimes. Um, this is the point in our uh, service that we would normally pass our offering plates and, and have our offering, and so uh, this is just a reminder that your church continues to need your service and your support as we continue to be in mission to our community, you can go online to our website and give online or our church app and give that way. You can text to give. Uh, you can put your offering in the mail, and I want to encourage you to do that. And I also want to encourage you to offer yourself in service. Um, give someone a call to check on them, especially those who are uh, our older folks that are have been shut in for a long time, check on, check on your neighbor. 
See if there's anything that you could do to, to help out. Uh, give of your life and give of yourself, and, um, and we will offer it all to God. I want to ask you to join me as we pray over our offering this morning. God, whatever that we have that is good and perfect has come from your hands, and we give you thanks for that. We also thank you, Lord, that you have made us able to bless others by giving, giving of our time, giving of our talents, and giving of our treasure. We ask that you would take what we offer to you and bless it and use it as you see fit in your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, David, and what a, what a beautiful reminder 
of what we need right now as we enter into our prayer time. Uh, this is Pentecost Sunday, and I would like to thank Miss Barbara for our beautiful altar setting that reminds us of Pentecost Sunday, that reminds us of the, of the dove of the Holy Spirit and reminds us of the wind and the fire. Um, because this is a time as we go into this, our prayer time together uh, that our world seems to be on fire, but not in a good way. And the fire of the pandemic and the, the fire of people's uh, rage and anger and grief and, and just pain is, is what we're seeing and witnessing right now. And we need more than ever I don't ever remember a time on a Pentecost Sunday when I, I would more sincerely pray that the fire of the Holy Spirit and that the wind and the breath of God would come and heal and cleanse the hurt and the pain that we are feeling right now. Uh, so we share your anguish and your pain, and we want to offer hope and encouragement right now as we go to the Lord in prayer. If you have a prayer request, I want to encourage you to, uh, you can put it in the comments, you can email it to our, our church email address, and we will keep, uh, keep your prayers before the Lord and lift them up this morning. And we are praying this morning, you're praying right where you are this morning, and after I offer the morning prayer, I want to ask you right where you are with your family or if you're home alone, I want to ask you to join me and just pray out loud the Lord's Prayer when I get to that point. Will you? Will you pray with me? Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Gracious God, we bow before you today and our hearts are a little bit heavy. We are bowed in sorrow. We are, are bowed in grief. We know people whose lives have been turned up, upside down, who have lost their jobs. We know people who have become sick. And we may be praying today with people who have lost loved ones recently uh, through the pandemic or through some other way. So, so sorrow is on our heart right now and grief and pain over the racism and the uh, just anguish that our brothers and sisters are, are facing right now in our African-American communities. We are feeling the pain of our law enforcement and our first responders who are, are good and trying to help and want to be there and whose hearts are breaking over all of this as well. Uh, we are lifting up and praying for discernment for, for mayors and for police chiefs and for governors who are trying to lead uh, for all of our nation's leaders who are leading in a, in a day and in a time that's completely different, uh, that's unprecedented. And we ask for your grace and we ask for your guidance and we ask for the Holy Spirit to be poured upon all of us. Come Holy Spirit as the fire and burn and cleanse away our pride and our hate and our bigotry. Come Holy Spirit as the fire and cleanse us of our sin and our selfishness. Come Holy Spirit as the wind 
and blow fresh life and fill our lungs with the breath of God that we may sing your praises again. Give us hope. God, not blind optimism, but real, honest-to-goodness hope. And help us, Lord, to spread that hope. Teach us now to pray the prayer that you taught your disciples when you said, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Today we are on this Pentecost Sunday, looking at John chapter 7, will be our scripture reading for today. The Gospel of John chapter 7. By the way, if you, uh, if you can, join us on Wednesday nights. I'm doing a study of the Gospel of John, and we just started it. We just did a section of chapter 1 this last Wednesday, and you can go into the archives of our church website, of our church app, and you can watch, if you missed uh, last Wednesday nights, you can watch it, and you can be all caught up. So study with us. Uh, get a watch party together and, and study with us. And uh, if, if you need more, uh, then let us know. And, and we'll study God's word together, even if we're not in the same room. So John chapter 7, verses 37 through 39. Hear now the word of the gospel. On the last day of the great festival, the great day, while Jesus was standing there, he cried out, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink, and let the one who believes in me drink. As the scripture has said, out of the believer's heart shall flow rivers of living water. Now he said this about the spirit which believers in him were to receive, for as yet there was no spirit because Jesus was not yet glorified. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. One of our favorite movies to watch, especially at Christmas time, is Home Alone. Uh, now we like all the Home Alone movies, but during Christmas time, we always want to watch the original one, uh, the one from 1990 or so. Um, the one where Macaulay Culkin is Kevin, and you've seen this probably before. Uh, he is left, of course, home alone. Maybe you can relate to him. Maybe you're home alone today. Uh, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern play the bad guys, and um, they are Harry and Marv, and they are trying to break into Kevin's home, and the whole point of the movie um, surrounds the booby traps that Kevin sets for these two crooks to run into as they're trying to break in um, to Kevin's home. So at one point in the movie, the point that I'm thinking of right now, um, they are just starting to run into Kevin's booby, booby traps. They, they run into a couple of them. Um, Harry has gotten his hand burned on the doorknob and he's um, had to go and stick his hand in the snow and the steam comes up and everything. And Harry's also got his head burned with a blowtorch, you know, burns a hole right in his his black boggin, 
And he, oh yeah, and he's also running into a, some a sheet of plastic wrap with sticky stuff all over it, and then uh, feathers from a feather pillow get blown onto him, and so uh, there he is, and he's a mess, right? He's a sight. And Marv hasn't done much better. Uh, he's he's been shot in the face with a BB gun when he sticks his head through the uh, doggy door in the kitchen, and then he decides he's going to go down into the basement. And Kevin has ice on the steps. He's done the water hose, and so he falls down the steps. He finally gets into the basement, and he pulls the cord to turn the light switch on, and he hears this woofing, and he looks up, and an iron, you know, like you iron your, your clothes with, hits him right in the face. And, of course, now, by now, if you're a left-brain person, you've already decided, okay, he's dead. He, they would both be dead by now, but this is the movies, okay? So just, let's just go with it. So he gets hit in the head, uh, and when he kind of comes to, he decides he's going to go up the steps in the basement, right? But Kevin is putting tar on the steps, and so as he goes up, as Marv goes up the steps, he loses his shoes, and he's barefooted going up the step, and he steps right on the point of a nail. And he grabs his foot and screams and falls down the steps, and he decides he's going to try to go upstairs and go in the first floor window. So when he goes in the first floor window, he's right by the Christmas tree, and he comes down with his bare feet that are already bloody, and he steps right on the Christmas ornaments, glass Christmas ornaments, and he crunches glass into the bottom of his feet. That just gives me the creeps thinking about it. I can't even stand to go barefooted. So he's limping there with his feet bloody, with the imprint of an iron on his face, and he runs into Harry, who is there with his head still smoking, covered in feathers, and Harry says to Marv, Marv, what the heck happened to your face? And Marv says to Harry, Harry, why the heck do you look like a chicken? So this is where we are in the movie, right? They're standing there, and they hear the voice of Kevin coming from the stairs. I'm up here. So they run to the bottom of the stairs. And, of course, Kevin has all of his little Hot Wheels cars at the base of the stairs. And Marv and Harry slip and fall and hit right directly on their backs with a thud. And here is the point I'm getting to. Kevin's sitting at the top of the stairs with his BB gun across his back. And he says, this is one of my favorite lines, you guys give up or are you thirsty for more? So we know the answer to that, don't we? Because we've seen the movie. They're thirsty for more. Oh, they're not done getting abused by this eight-year-old kid yet. Uh, and, and it wouldn't be much of a movie if you didn't have to get to see all the other things that happened to them. But I want to ask you a two-part question on Pentecost Sunday um, as you're maybe home alone, maybe with your family. But the first part of the question is this. You guys ready to give up yet? I don't know. It's been, what, 10 or 11 weeks of quarantine, and uh, maybe your parents and you've had to homeschool your kids. Maybe you've not been able to go to your job. Uh, everything has been turned upside down. Their normal is right out the window. Normal is just a setting on the dryer at this point. We don't know what's going to happen. Every time we think we do, something changes. And you might really feel like, and you might really have had this thought cross your mind, 
I'm just ready to give up. But I want you to know Pentecost Sunday is not the day to give up. Uh, Pentecost is a day to celebrate and to receive the promise that Jesus gave. You see, last Sunday was Ascension Sunday. And we talked about when Jesus ascended into heaven and when he gave his instructions to his disciples. And here's what he told them. He said, wait in Jerusalem until you are clothed with power from on high. And so 120 or so of Jesus' closest followers all went into this room we know as the upper room, and they waited, and they waited, and they waited. And you know, human nature being what it is, I'm sure they got tired of waiting. Can you relate to that? Just tired, tired of waiting, losing patience, getting on each other's nerves. You know, I've been there, done that. Look, I even get on my own nerves after a while, after I'm just by myself. But they were waiting. They kept on waiting, and they kept on praying. And the reason they kept on waiting and praying was because of the one who promised them this. It was because of the second part of this question. The first part was, are you ready to give up? And the second part is, are you thirsty for more? Are you thirsty for more? Jesus' followers were thirsty for more. Not more misery and not more pain and not more uh, despair. But they were thirsty for the promise that Jesus made on that great day. That feast in Jerusalem where he stood up and he said, If anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. That's what he said on the great festival day. Now, the setting where Jesus made this statement is super important. It's the last day of the Feast of Tabernacles, and it was a, a tradition that on that day of the great feast, a golden container would be filled with water from the pool of Siloam, and it would be carried by the high priest to the temple, back to the temple with a big uh, processional that would come and go through the water gate. And then there would be three blasts, loud blasts from a trumpet, and that would mark the joy of the occasion. And someone would recite from Isaiah chapter 12, verse 3, With joy you draw water from the wells of salvation. And then in the temple, while everyone was watching, the priests would march around the altar, and they would lift high the water container, and the choir would sing the hollow from, from the Psalms, from Psalms 113 to 118. And then when the moment was right, the water would be emptied on the altar as an offering to God and as a thankful reminder that God had provided the rains for their harvest. And it was, wow, it was a big to-do. It was, it was a big celebration. It was a, a frenzy of noise and, and sight and sound and smell. And right in the middle of all of this commotion, Jesus stood up. And he shouted over the commotion, If any of you is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And Jesus did that because he knew, he really, really knew that people who were there were thirsty for more. It's like he was saying, you know, all of this great ceremony is, is wonderful. This festival is awesome. I mean, everybody loves a festival. And the choir, man, the choir sounds great. The sights are wonderful, the sounds. 
But none of that, none of it will quench the thirst of your soul. Because, you know, it's our souls that are thirsty. Uh, We are thirsty for what can really be pinpointed as acceptance by God. We want to be able to rest in that acceptance by God, to, to rest, to lean our weight on a relationship with the living God. Deep down, that's what we thirst for. And also, deep down, we wonder if we really deserve it. We wonder if we're really worthy of such a relationship. Uh, Lewis Smedes wrote a book that I recommend to you called Shame and Grace. And in this book, he talks about the difference between being deserving and being worthy. He says that we are deserving because of things that we do. Um, For instance, uh, deserving of an award we might receive. So I want you to know that I will not be receiving the Cy Young Award for either the National League or American League this year because I don't deserve it. I'm not a very good pitcher. I can't even throw a curveball. I won't be, and I've just given up all hope on winning the Heisman Trophy because I uh, don't deserve it. I'm not going to win a Grammy. I'm not going to win a Tony. I'm not going to win an Emmy. I'm not going to win any of that stuff. I don't deserve it, right? I'm undeserving of it. I didn't earn it. You see, we only deserve what we earn, but being worthy is something completely different. We're worthy not because of what we have done. We are worthy because of who we are. Our deep down thirst that we have, the one that Jesus was talking about, the one that is deeper than what any human thing can do, is about who we are, not about what we've done. It's about being accepted, being accepted by God, and it is a thirst that is as old as we are. It is as old, literally, as we are. Um, When I was a baby, I was always, always thirsty for more. Because I'm a pretty big old boy right now, and I was chunky as a baby, and I was wanting more milk and more formula or whatever. And so I would cry, and sometimes I would cry at the most inconvenient times, 2 o'clock in the morning, right? Wake everybody in the house up, and my mom would get up in the middle of the night, and she would feed me. But I want you to know I didn't deserve it. I didn't deserve it. I had not earned it. I didn't work to help and pay for the rent or the groceries. I didn't help to buy my diapers or pay the light bill. My mom fed me because she didn't think I deserved it. She deemed me worthy because when she looked at me, she saw her own special child, her own unique creation bearing the family resemblance. I didn't deserve any of the sacrificial love that my mom gave me. But I was worthy because of who I was, her son. I didn't have to earn her acceptance. She gave it, and she still does. By the way, thank you, Mom, if you're uh, watching this and you're worshiping with us this morning. So what our souls are thirsty for is 
a relationship with the one living God who made us. It is God's acceptance, and that is something we can't earn because we can't deserve it. We never will, but it's not about deserving it. It's about God deeming that we are worthy because we are his unique creation. We are made in God's image, male and female, red or yellow, black or white. We are all precious in his sight and worthy of God's acceptance because of that. So, do you remember the conversation that Jesus had with the woman at the well? It's in John chapter 4. And if you haven't read it in a while, go back and read John chapter 4. Jesus had to go through Samaria, and he went to a place called Jacob's Well. And he asked the woman there to give him some water to drink. And she said this. She said, what are you doing asking me for a drink of water? Don't you know that Jews don't have anything to do with Samaritans? See, it was, it was a racial thing. It was a religious thing. It, it's just um, the Jews considered the Samaritans to be unworthy, to be unacceptable to God, and therefore they were unworthy and unacceptable to them. But Jesus said to this woman, If you knew the gift of God and who it was that was asking you for a drink, you would say to me, give me a drink, and I would give you living water. Because Jesus knew that this woman was thirsty for more than the water she was drinking out of that well. She was thirsty for acceptance. She wanted to be accepted by God, and she wanted to be accepted by her neighbors, and she felt the shame she felt the shame of feeling unworthy by acceptance, of acceptance by either God or her neighbor. Now, she had tried to quench that accept, her thirst for acceptance in all the wrong ways. I mean, she had been through one failed relationship after another after another. And she longed for acceptance. She longed for acceptance from others, but instead of that, she had to come to the well in the middle of the day by herself because none of the other women in the village would come to the well with her and they heaped shame upon her instead of acceptance. And Jesus was saying to her, look, I know your cup is empty. I know it's empty, but just ask me. Just ask me and I'll give you living water. Just ask me and the deepest thirst of your life can be quenched. Now, the woman at the well in John chapter 4 could have said these words. She could have said, but I don't deserve it. And she would be right. And you know what? We could say the same thing this morning. We could say, I don't deserve it. I don't deserve to have the living water that God offers from uh, the Holy Spirit. The woman at the well had done some things that were regretful some things that she wished that she could change. You know what? We have too. She wasn't deserving. We're not deserving. But the Lord deemed her worthy because of who she was, his daughter. We're not deserving, but the Lord deems us worthy because we're his children, his unique creation. We don't deserve it. It's called grace. And it's pretty amazing. And it's really what we're thirsty for.
when you get right down to it. So let me ask you again, are you thirsty for more? Have you been trying to quench your thirst with the things that don't really satisfy? And we do that. Does your heart yearn for the grace and the love and the acceptance and the forgiveness that God wants to give you? Do you yearn to have a life that is overflowing? That's what the day of Pentecost is all about. It is about receiving and then overflowing. It is about having our empty cup filled with the Holy Spirit and then spilling out that abundant life onto everybody else. Now, you can read what happened on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, and I hope that you'll go back and read that too. The Holy Spirit poured out from heaven, filling the room, filling the people in the upper room, quenching their thirst for living water. And you know what? They could not be contained and themselves, and they couldn't be contained in one room. They spilled out onto the streets of the, of the city that day, and they took the message to everyone who would listen because it was a message for everyone, for all people, for young and old and males and females and Jews and Gentiles and even Samaritans. It was for everyone. And here's what Pentecost is. It is receiving the witness that God has deemed you worthy of a relationship with him. That, that you are God's unique child and that you are accepted not because of something that you've done to earn it, but because of who you are, he will fill you with living water. You belong to him. And it's about receiving that, that beautiful gift and about passing that beautiful gift on to others. That's life in the spirit. That's overflowing life. Pentecost is about learning to hear and learning to speak in a new language. Because you see, we already know how to hear and we already know how to speak in the language of shame. But we've got to learn how to hear and how to speak in the language of love and grace and acceptance. That's a new language we've got to learn to let it fill us and to speak it to others. Because you know what? You're thirsty for it. I'm thirsty for it. And so is everyone that we meet. Let's pray. Gracious God, we hold our empty cups up to you. We know that there's something more than this world has to offer. We know that we're thirsty for what only you can give us, that living water that quenches the deepest thirst, thirst of our heart, that acceptance that you give us, not because we're deserving, but because we're worthy. So, Lord, help us to receive that today. Help us to offer it. Help us to live it, that life abundant. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. So our closing hymn will be number 331, Holy Spirit, come confirm us.
And now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit go with us all now and forever. Amen. Thank you.